and this is Best Laid Plans. This is your host, Sarah Hart Unger, and this is the podcast where we talk all things planning and planning adjacent. I think today's episode is going to be a really fun one. It's been on my mind for quite some time that I wanted to do a planning your summer episode. I did have a summer-themed episode on Best of Both Worlds, my other podcast that I do along with Laura Vanderkam. But this one's going to be a little different and center around all the things you might need to be thinking about as you are planning your summer up ahead. So a little bit more future focused and a little bit of kind of brainstorming that might help jog your mind for things you might have not have thought of in terms of putting together a really fun summer. But before we move forward with that, I just wanted to share some great feedback I got from the last post with Hemlock and Oak. I usually get a couple of comments, but there were definitely more than usual after that episode with people telling me that they were super excited about the Hemlock and Oak Planner. So I'm excited that my enthusiasm for this product came through. And a couple people said, I love that, but I would never want to go through and have to date my own planner. So I just wanted to clarify that they do sell dated editions every year. Like there was a 2022 weekly planner option that was dated. It just happened that by the time I decided to dive into Hemlock and Oak and give it a try, it was too late in the year and that one was already sold out and they were selling their undated versions. So do not fear if you are thinking about trying this brand but waiting until next year. I would anticipate that at some point, maybe this fall, they'll release 2023 dated versions. And in fact, if I continue to enjoy it as much as I currently am, that probably will when be what I transitioned to in January of 2023. I also had people ask about their daily planner and the bullet journal. I didn't order those products because again, I, I didn't get these for free. I have no relationship with Hemlock and Oak. But the one thing I would say is that it's looks like it's the same paper on the website. And so all the kind of aesthetics that I talked about would apply and you can view their layouts on their website. So it'd just be a question of, is the book too heavy in a daily format? Do you prefer a spiral bound for daily? I actually really do. That's one of the reasons I like full focus so much is that I can flip it around. I always get the spiral version and I can either have my schedule showing or I can have the blank notes page showing. So for me, that versatility is key. And so I'm not sure I'd be so happy with a daily that was in a bound book. So anyway, Just wanted to share that, but I was really excited by your excitement after that episode, and I'm sure you'll be seeing more about this brand for me to come because I plan on trying more things from them. All right, next we have our planner piece submission, and I've received a few of these, including some audio versions, so keep these coming. I truly appreciate them, and hopefully I'll be able to get our next Q&A episode ready for next week because I've been getting some great questions. But today I'm going to do another um, email that I got reporting on planner piece from Cindy, who happens to be a physician as well in the same specialty that I am. So that is so, so cool to hear from her. She writes, like the person who sent in her setup previously, I also use the Moxie Life One Year vertical layout planner along with a separate quarterly daily planner. Writing things in the daily with the monthly and weekly spread in front of me feels more comfortable to me instead of having to flip back and forth as in the Hobonichi, which I used last year. As an added bonus, the flexibility to move into a new daily planner or keep the same one. I used the full focus last quarter. This is her talking. 
as you know, I also use the full focus, but this is her comment continued. She writes, I really like the concept, but I don't think I made as much use as I could have with the weekly review. The rolling quarters portion was helpful, but frustrating because one needs to copy it once the planner runs out. I use it to record work-related things like lectures given that I might want to transfer to my CV or keep track of required training hours like for DEI. So I created my version at the end of the Moxie Life one-year planner. I am currently using an older version of the Passion Planner daily for my daily. A draw for both of these planners is the two-page daily spread. Next up is the Moxie Life daily, which has only one page per day, and I'm considering Cal Newport's time block planner after that. So cool, Cindy. It sounds like a highly functional system, very similar to what I like, which I guess kind of makes sense since we were drawn to very similar professions, so we probably have a lot in common. I absolutely agree with Cindy that there's something very helpful about being able to have your daily separate from your weekly so that you can be drawing out what you want to do in your day while looking at your weekly spread, which is not easy to do if they are all in one book. Plus, your options for having them all in one book are fairly limited. You've got Hobonichi, and you've got Amplify, and you've got Wonderland, and I'm sure there are a few others. In fact, there's that that one that's available on Etsy that I mentioned previously that's escaping me right now. So they do exist, but they are few and far between. So there's definitely more planner options if you like to use a separate daily from your weekly monthly, as I do as well. So Cindy, thank you so much for sending that submission in. I really enjoyed hearing about what you are using and I see a lot of the logic in what you're doing. Actually, I did want to share a related note in that I found a little bit of an unusual use for my rolling quarters section in the full focus planner. For anyone familiar with full focus, and I know some of you are, as I've talked about it a lot, and some of you have tried it out. There's a section in the planner that's a little bit unusual called rolling quarters, and it takes up two full page spreads, so like four pages basically, and each of them is labeled at the top quarter, and then there are the days listed from 1 to 31 on the left, so you have like a space for each day, and what you're supposed to do is at the top right the months of the year, like May, June, July, August, September, October, or whatever quarters you happen to be using, and, you know, write events or track things or, or write about what's coming up in the future, especially because if this is your only planner, but you need to record future events, this is a nice way of noting maybe some important meeting that's happening in the future. However, you guys know I don't really need that setup because I have a weekly and monthly planner and many of you use digital planning for those kinds of things. So I'm not sure that many of us use our daily planners for keeping track of big events that are calendar based in the future. So I repurposed this page in a really random way, but I've been enjoying it. I turned it into a reading slash media log. And so instead of making each column at the top of the page a month, I just decided to make this entire page for the month of May. The next page will be for June and the next page will be for July. And the columns I renamed nonfiction, fiction, and watch slash music. And so now I have a slot every single day where I can record what I'm reading for my nonfiction, what I'm reading for fiction, and if there's any show I watched or music that I enjoyed. 
And so thus far, I started this at the beginning of May. I have a record every single day of, you know, the nonfiction books that I'm getting through, the fiction books that I'm getting through. I find it motivated because I usually like to have a fiction and a nonfiction going at the same time. And then the column on the right keeps me, you know, kind of aware of what shows I'm watching or what music I'm listening to. And it's just been a really fun record to have. So this is just a reminder that just because a planner has some kind of layout that might be designed to use a certain way doesn't mean you can't repurpose these things in any way that is fun or functional for you at the time. All right. So I think that's it for planner piece and repurposing of various pages. We are going to get in the meat of this podcast, which is planning your summer. So first, a brief word from our sponsors. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Factor. Factor is sponsoring this episode with an awesome discount code, PLANS50, to give you 50% off your first month and 20% off the next. Trying out our sponsors helps keep the show going, and I think this is a wonderful time to give it a try, given that it's always a busy season. Factor offers no prep and no mess meals that are tailored to your wellness goals. They offer multiple options from protein plus to plant-based to keto and many more. No matter what your health goals are, you can keep kitchen time to a minimum while enjoying healthy and delicious meals with premium ingredients with Factor. You can get started feeling great and fueling well now by giving them a try. Head to factormeals.com slash plans50 and use code plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code plans50, P-L-A-N-S 50 at factormeals.com slash plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. You are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes in part from Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit JennyKane.com and use code PLANS for 15% off your first order. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and this is the perfect gift to treat all the well-deserving moms, moms-to-be, and mother figures in your life. Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, and their staples make getting dressed easier than it's ever been before. Think minimalist and effortless, yet totally refined. This season, I am so into the beautiful dresses that Jenny Kane has on offer. My personal pick and what I'm hoping to wear all season is the Callan dress. I have it in the khaki color and feel like I could literally wear it to anything. And the best part is it's perfect for warm weather, which we have plenty of, but you could also layer it in a chilly air-conditioned space. I also have my eye on the day dress. It's such a classic silhouette. One thing you might not know about Jenny Kane is that they also have an incredible rewards program where you can earn up to 10% back with every purchase and joining is completely free. Find your perfect Mother's Day gift or curate your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS, P-L-A-N-S, at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code PLANS. Get yourself and the women in your life the best gift of all, Jenny Kane. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Organization always gives you time. Brian Tracy said a minute spent planning 
saves you 10 in execution. You already know this. That is why you follow Sarah and listen to the Best Laid Plans podcast. The Sunday Basket is a natural partner for your planning routine. The Sunday Basket contains and corrals all your ideas, paper notes, to-do lists, and mail safely until you're ready for your weekly planning time. The Sunday Basket system has been proven to save five hours each week once you establish a weekly habit, which usually takes four to six weeks. My name is Lisa Woodruff, and I'm the founder and creator of the Sunday Basket and the 100-Day Home Organization Program. Sarah and I chatted in episode 33, and she's been sharing her Organized 365 journey with you here on Best Laid Plans. Organized 365 is proud to sponsor the Best Laid Plans podcast. You can find out more about the Sunday Basket on sundaybasket.com or try our free seven-day mini course by going to organize365.com slash mini course. All right, I am back and I've been wanting to do this episode for a while because I do feel like I entered my summer mode a little bit early this year and um, that's actually been a good thing for me. I was in a little bit of a slump, I feel like, in March and April and when May came around, I was just ready for a fresh start. I'll talk and remind you about my quintile system, but there was no real natural beginning in uh, May for me. So I just decided to make it arbitrarily the beginning of what I was going to think of as my summer chunk of the year. Florida schools do have a very early end date and an early start date for the year. So my kids actually finish school, I think, June 3rd this year, and they start again in mid-August. So it's not totally out of the realm to think of May as your first summer-like month. Of course, the kids are still in school, but it's a month when you're definitely in high gear planning what's going to be going on during the summer, which is coming right up ahead, charging afterwards, at least in our case. So just to remind you, the quintile system that I use to divide up the year are Q1 through 5, and that's why they're called quintiles. Q1 is January 1st to spring break based on the school calendar. Q2 is spring break to the end of the school year. I kind of went off the rails in Q2, and I guess that's why I sort of canceled the end of it this, this year anyway. Q3 is the summer quintile. Q4 is the start of school to November 1st. And then Q5 is kind of holiday slash reflective season when you do a lot of thinking about the next year and just have a lot of fun and seasonal activities and holiday stuff, etc. So that is how I divide up my year. And so for me, summer is Q3, even though in a traditional quarter system, summer kind of falls, I guess, for most people, the end of Q2 and the beginning of Q3 if you're talking about quarters. So I guess the first question is, when will you plan your summer? Maybe many of you listening have already done that because maybe summer is coming up soon and it's something you think about all year, especially if you have kids. And we'll talk about a lot of kid-centric planning in a minute, but maybe you haven't yet. And so now might be a great time to go to your calendar and even pick, I don't know, two to three hours on any day that looks somewhat flexible and mark it out as a meeting with yourself where you will plan your summer because there are a lot of things to think about as I'll go through. And it doesn't take that long to get your goals and ideas together, but at least in my case, I'm definitely better off giving those things some thought than kind of wondering later why I didn't. So it's definitely a great idea if you're able to, and if you haven't done it yet, to identify some time where you are going to think about how your summer is going to go. 
So things to think about that come to summer, and these are certainly not all required. This is basically just a flight of ideas about things you might want to think about as you're approaching summer. Some of these are going to work for you. Some of these are going to be totally irrelevant, but I figured I'd include kind of everything that came to my mind because I'm sure there is some overlap. The first is a really fun and sort of frivolous one, and that is summer reading and media. Are there blockbuster movies or other movies that you're excited that are coming out or books this summer? I love the What Should I Read Next podcast and Ann Vogel's work, and I my, one of my favorite things about that she does is she releases a summer reading list every May with the titles that she's chosen throughout the year that she thinks would make the best beach and vacation reads. And so I always pick some titles off of that list, and this year is going to be no exception. So think about what you might want for your summer reading. If you don't use a list that you're waiting for, you can think about reserving things to the library now if they are you know, hot titles that you know you're going to be competing with others to get. And if you've never tried making a fun summer reading list, but you want to read more, I highly recommend giving it a try. I think I started doing that in like 2018 or 2019 before I was tracking everything I read. I just did the summer and it is really motivating and fun to have a list of just really fun titles that are a lot of times like escapist and not necessarily incredibly taxing to read. You may find yourself like just, I don't know, excited to to go through them and travel by often they're like travel based or based in another part of the world and you get to travel vicariously through your characters as you might be traveling in real life or just laying by the pool or under the air conditioning but anyway a summer reading list is a fun thing to think about and along with that i would include a summer tv show or movie or something you're excited about coming out the next one is related to the podcast we had last week with lani inlander I guess that was the week before last because last week was Hemlock and Oak, but very recently. And that is summer wardrobe. Do you need new bathing suits? Do your kids need new bathing suits if you have kids? It is nice to have some kind of clothing budget that you work on throughout the year. As you all know, I use You Need a Budget to track our budgeting. And I always know there's going to be a little bit more need for new clothing for the kids, especially in the kind of early summer months, as well as the early back to school months. So I try to budget accordingly. Our kids got some really fun, nice new clothes for camp this year, and I just got some bathing suits for them as well. But you also don't want to forget yourself. Do you need new sandals, new sneakers, new shorts, maybe one nice outfit for going out and vacation, something really travel-friendly? I mean, maybe the answer is no. I am certainly not suggesting people just spend money needlessly, but if you do find that you are going into the summer and don't have a lot of things that you would be able to wear in the warm weather, then now is a great time to think about it. The third thing is huge. And to be honest, most of you who have to worry about it probably have already been thinking about it. And that is childcare. In the United States, at least, our school year, you know, goes from somewhere in August or September to somewhere in June. And for parents, the rest of the year is kind of up to them when it comes to childcare. If you generally use school for your main form of childcare. So that's figuring out all types of camps and not even just camps. Like sometimes there are days before any camp starts and after the end of the school year. Sometimes that coincides nicely with when college kids come home from school and they'd be looking for a nice gig. So really take a close look at the school calendar and the camp calendar and see if there are any gaps that fill are need to be filled in and if you have the appropriate help or if you can strategically take some of your time off and your family vacations during those gaps because that can be a strategic way of avoiding those kind of like no man's land zones that do exist in the calendar, at least where I live. Then there's your summer 
schedule. So some people like to keep the same types of hours all year long, but other people might be interested in just being a little bit more relaxed during the summer. Maybe because it gets lighter earlier, you do something different with your exercise routine and that might, I don't know, make it different for your bedtime. Like maybe you like to run outside, which means you have to go to bed earlier in the summer. Maybe you like to be more relaxed and do more things in the evening. Or maybe you're even one of those super lucky people who has a job where they have summer Fridays or some kind of alternate summer schedule. When I was growing up, my father actually had like, I guess his company did an early day off on Friday. So he'd be finished in the mid-afternoon. And I always thought that was so cool. I think that's a bit of a relic of the past in some places, but I don't know, as more companies are emphasizing like work-life integration, maybe that'll be some benefit that some will bring back. Or perhaps you have a set number of hours, but you might want to be able to organize them differently. And I think selling that to your supervisor as just a summer only change is probably you know, a little bit more palatable than saying, this is what I'm going to do forever. So maybe a time to try a different type of schedule. Then there's the social aspect. I'm leaning into this one hard, this quintile, because as I said, I moved a whole while and I'm really want to get to know my neighbors. And I have some goals that I'll discuss when I share some of my goals that are kind of very social based. So think about outings that you might be interested in having. Like, are there neighbors you want to get to know better? Is there a restaurant that is particularly fun outdoors in the summer? Or maybe you have people that tend to visit your area during the summer. We have one set of friends that always comes. So in Florida, it tends to be the opposite. People come visit when during the cold months. So we often have people that come in January or over Thanksgiving that we're used to having every year. But maybe you live in New England and the opposite is true. And you can plan that really fun kind of reunion with a friend that tends to come each summer. It goes without saying that summer travel is something to think about. Obviously, a lot of this may have already been done by this point of the year, but not necessarily, especially those smaller trips, like maybe for a weekend or day trip. I recently decided uh, for 4th of July, my husband is working, that I would take just my youngest to visit my parents. So I think that's going to be a really fun trip. And who knows, maybe it will become a tradition. So making sure you have your travel booked. Unfortunately, flights are super expensive now, and I don't know that they're going to get any cheaper. So making sure you kind of have all of that locked and loaded. And again, looking at those school and camp schedules and making the most of those days if you can, when you don't have any other options for the kids, if you do have children. Then there's local traditions or fun. So maybe you're not into traveling or you have young kids or you're just not in a place where traveling is for you right now. That doesn't mean there aren't going to be some regional or local things that you can take part in. Maybe you have a garden that does some kind of flower festival. It would be a fun time to kind of Google your town and see if there are any like, you know, great summer events coming up so you can put them on the calendar. And then you can even work on building some local traditions for summer. I know when I was growing up, we always did fireworks in one particular place for 4th of July. So, you know, it's not too early to think about where you might want to spend those kind of summer holidays. Another thing to think about, kind of unrelated, is whether you might have a summer appropriate or specific fitness goal. I am not talking about like trying to look a certain way in your bikini. That is not what I mean by that. But instead, the weather is different. So that might mean that you want to do more things outside or less things outside. For example, if you're me, because in Florida, it gets kind of hot and disgusting in the summer and our much better months for outdoor kind of activities are during the winter. So maybe summer is when you want to lean hard into gym training, or if you're the opposite and you live in Minnesota, this might mean when you want to work on your 5K time and train for a race in the early fall. 
So try to think about if there are any specific fitness or activity goals that match the weather or where you are, because sometimes it's fun to have a summer project that has to do with physical activity. One thing that I have worked to get into my summer in previous years are mommy days. It can be hard to, if you want to have a day of one-on-one, so sorry, let me backtrack a little bit. I sort of hate the name, parent days. I don't know, one-on-one days. Sometimes with three kids, I find it's very hard to get any one-on-one time in with my kids. And one way that I've found to do this in a meaningful way is to just give them a day per year and say, hey, you get to have your mommy day. What do you want to do? And then spend an entire day with that kid. You don't have to be doing anything crazy. I think like a lot of times it's going out for ice cream and going to Michael's and then doing our nails or something like that. But to you know, have a day that's Annabelle Day or Cameron Day or Genevieve Day, those are my kids' names can be really kind of helpful and something for them to look forward to. So if that's something that you're able to do, summer is a great time for that because you can always pull them out of camp for a day. It's not like school where you have to pull them out of school and that wouldn't be great. And it's a time when maybe you aren't going away and they are going to be in camp. So this is like a way of adding in a little bit of fun and change of routine and giving them that one-on-one time, often without a lot of expense, like flying somewhere and going on a big trip. Then there's also work. I mentioned work hours potentially being different, but there are different types of rhythms in different industries, and I cannot speak to any specific industry. Mine doesn't really slow down all that much during the summer. In fact, if anything, the residency part of my job tends to be really busy during the summer because we're onboarding new people, we're orienting them, then we're writing letters of recommendation for my existing residents to go to fellowships. So I mean, honestly, it's not downtime for me, but maybe you're in an industry where things slow down. And so this might be a good time to think about like personal development type projects or different types of networking that you might want to get in at work. So think about like the context of your work year and whether there's anything summer specific that you might be interested in fitting in and how you might do that. And then one last but not least is summer planning. If you have found that your system has gone stagnant and you just need something new, hey, now might be a great time to try that new quarterly planner because the summer can be about a quarter. And if you're using a daily planner like the Moxie Life Quarterly Daily or the Full Focus Daily, that's also quarterly or the Amplify is quarterly, there's tons of quarterly options. Then a summer can be a really fun way to change up your planner. It might change the way you think about time or make you think about your time in a different way or more intentionally. So it can be a fun time to dive into a different system. I know for my summer quintile, I'm going to be using the Hemlock and Oak Weekly that I is undated, that I dated myself, plus a full focus, and then the Cultivate What Matters for my monthly goals. I also have my summer goals in Todoist. So I have been using this. I've been moving away from using Todoist for monthly goals because it seems a little redundant with Cultivate, and I really enjoy using that system. But for the quarterly goals and for more like themed goals, like we have a whole Todoist page related to house tasks, it's been fantastic. So to cap off this episode, I thought I would share a couple of the goals I have for quintile three. I'm not going to share all of them. Some things are just a little more confidential, but you guys gave me feedback at the end of the year that you loved hearing my list of 2022 goals. So I thought I'd give you a couple of my summer goals. So I divided my goals into five different categories, work, self, kids, home, and blog slash pod. And some examples of things I have in here under work, I have some curriculum revisions I'm still trying to do, completing an annual program evaluation, that's something required that we have to do over the summer for residency programs, 
I want to start the final phase of Well Coaches. That's the coaching program that I have taken part in. I'm not planning on becoming like a coach really as a side business, but I just feel like I should finish what I started and I've already done the first two phases. So why not complete phase three? Then there's my self category, which is sort of self slash family in some ways, because I have some upcoming trip planning goals on there. Like think about what we might want to do for winter break 2022 slash 23 to start a book club. And I've already put some work into that. So I'm really confident about that goal right now and to enjoy summer reading and media. So that's kind of a nebulous goal, but I think that I will be excited to move forward with that anyway. I have a kid's goal to finish getting stuff for camp. Oh my goodness, that is quite the to-do list. To determine any summer activities for Genevieve, such as gymnastics, to find some neighborhood babysitters, and to have a playdate dinner with our neighbors. And that's actually already on the calendar as well. So maybe I'm giving myself some low-hanging fruit, but that's okay. I have some home goals related to finishing, uh, oh man, the repairs on our roof. I mean, I'm not personally doing that, but I still want to check it off the list. To finish unpacking some boxes and to tackle the organized 365 100-day program in our new house. And then finally, some blog slash pod goals. I'm going to keep the guests I have in mind secret, but I have that on there. And then I also want to try Mighty Networks as a consumer so I can see what that system is like in case I end up using it for best laid plans. So there you have it, a selection of my personal summer 22 goals for quintile number three. And so I hope this inspires you to work on your own list and think about your summer and how you'd like to plan it, to have a lot of fun and things to look forward to and not be feeling like you had those weeks go to waste because you didn't kind of think about what you wanted to do with them. All right. This has been a really fun episode because I love thinking about different seasons and summer is a really fun season, even if it is our worst weather. So please share your summer planning tactics or things I missed on this list. I'm always open to hearing more and I'll be back next week, likely with a Q&A episode. So please keep those Q&As coming as well as those little audio snippets so I can include some of your voices on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, the show notes are available at theshoebox.com, T-H-E-S-H-U-B-O-X.com. Just click on Best Laid Plans and you will find them there. Have a wonderful week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM Network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.